You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. I'm Ellen Fanning and I'm joined by Zubia Eight-Monsour. Zubia is Suez Water Asset Manager for Australia and New Zealand and he's talking with me today about a paper entitled A Practical Approach to Balancing Risk and Cost, uh, Unity Water Sewerage Treatment Plant Assessment. Thanks so much for joining us, Zubia. Thanks for having me, Ellen. Take me through uh, this assessment project. What was the main objective of the project? So the main objective of the project, um, initiated by uh, Unity Water, uh, was to conduct an assessment uh, that would enable uh, improving the reliability and the availability of their sewage treatment plant uh, in the Sunshine Coast. So that was one of their strategic goals. Uh, so this project was intended to, to help them achieve that. And you note in the paper that uh, reliability and availability were very much uh, the goal of the project, but you were also looking at cost, weren't you? Yeah, definitely. Actually, uh, behind reliability and availability, the, the, the overall objective of this exercise was really to help them mitigate risks, uh, mainly compliance risk, and uh, identify opportunities to reduce their, their cost, their total cost. Um, so risks and cost were pretty much the, the high level objectives uh, for this project. So first of all, take me through the scope of the assessment because um, there's 11 sewerage treatment plants in total, so that's quite a lot of assessment to do. What was the scope of it? Yeah, so um, actually we've ended up uh, conducting the assessment on 14 uh, treatment plants, but at the time of the, the paper we, were, uh, we, we had um, completed 11. Uh, so, um, 11 sewage treatment plants in the Sunshine Coast, uh, all with different uh, size, different technologies, uh, different age. So, let's go through the detail of that. Um, you start by talking about the approach to asset failure risk assessment. So, obviously, risk control, efficiency are really important uh, inputs for establishing those priorities and making those optimal decisions you're talking about. Um, what was the methodology that you used um, to assess that risk and how was it expressed? Uh, that's, that is a good question, actually. Um, uh, asset failure risk is really the, the, the cornerstone of, of any asset management uh, decision. Uh, everything starts with, uh, with risk. So for that particular project, the, the, the risk we've um, assessed with uh, Unity Waters teams was the risk of asset failing. So we've been through the list of, of their assets, asking ourselves what would happen if this uh, function was, was lost due to a failure. Uh, so risk is composed of likelihood and, and severity. Both are uh, important. So the first thing was to try to understand what would be the impact of the uh, asset failure in terms of health and safety, environment, regulation, uh, water treatment, uh, and, and cost. So these were the, the criteria. And we've tried also to assess the likelihood 
of the, the failure based on uh, historical data from their uh, asset management information system, but more than that, based on their uh, operation, operator's uh, experience. Uh, so we have um, a model, a practical model, uh, that is called uh, SIFMECA that was uh, developed uh, by Suez. It's a methodology that is particularly um, adapted for the water industry. Uh, it is a simplified version of the famous uh, FMECA that is used in all, uh, all sorts of industries worldwide. Uh, so this is a simplified method that is um, uh, easier and faster to, to implement than the, than the FMECA. And one aspect, interesting aspect of this methodology is it enables us to express the risk in dollar value. And that is quite useful uh, to be able to compare risk and cost. And as uh, you may know, uh, yeah, one of the main drivers of any good asset management decision is really risk and, and cost. These are the two uh, main drivers of any good asset management decision. So, um, yeah, so uh, basically that's how the the, the, this particular methodology of asset failure risk assessment uh, works. So as, as a first step, that's that's pretty significant, isn't it? That with limited time and effort, you can have this methodology based on uh, failure modes and critical analysis methodology that's adapted to the water industry that can give you a, an expression as dollars of what a risk looks like. I mean, that's a very valuable tool. Yes, it is indeed, and uh, we've uh, actually we use that tool in all our plants uh, worldwide, and um, it, it is extremely useful for many uh, different purposes. The outcome from this uh, assessment, risk assessment, is really valuable in itself, even without the condition and the project's prioritization we've done after that. Uh, it, it, it has really value in itself to, to help asset managers make better decisions. So that assessment can feed uh, many uh, different processes. It can help uh, decide, uh, make decisions regarding critical spare parts. It can uh, drive preventative maintenance optimizations. It can help prioritize renewals and improvement projects. It can also um, be useful to uh, justify some, uh, some projects to, to feed some uh, business case, uh, the business case process. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot, uh, a lot of things we can do with the outcome of, of this uh, asset failure risk assessment, definitely. That, that, that is an extremely valuable uh, outcome. And uh, yeah, an important aspect of that is that uh, this is really, um, uh, th this process really requires to work closely with the uh, operation and maintenance people. So we've done that with Unity Waters uh, O&M staff. And uh, we've been lucky because um, we've, Unity Water have uh, very knowledgeable and very experienced uh, uh, technicians and, and operators in, in their plants. And usually the more uh, experienced and the more knowledgeable the, the ONF staff, the better the outcome. So with Unity Waters team, we really 
we we have been really lucky and we had great people and that led to to a very uh, very uh, a high quality outcome and to what extent then once you have that sort of information about risk does that really drive your approach to asset condition assessment because you write in the paper all right, well, a risk-based approach means you can focus obviously on the assets with the highest risks, but you can also use that data surely as you describe to get this sort of multi-level approach where the higher the risk, um, that drives a more detailed assessment. So it drives the next level of what you're doing. Uh, y- yes, indeed. Actually, the, the, the risk is... Uh, is uh an important input to define your uh, condition asset condition monitoring plan. Uh, the thing with condition monitoring is um, it, it has a cost actually, uh, and it, condition assessment can be uh, an, an expensive thing to do, uh, as any utility uh, knows um, too well. Uh, so the key to get um, to get value from any condition assessment is really to be able to distinguish uh, assets that deserve uh, being monitored in terms of condition closely from assets that don't really uh, matter. Low-risk assets, low-value assets that don't are not worth the cost of, of condition assessment. Uh, so asset failure risk helps us make that um, that uh, distinction and helps us identify the different level of, uh, of condition assessment to apply to any asset. Some assets might not deserve to be monitored at all because the risk of the failure would be extremely low. It would, for example, have no impact whatsoever to the operation and be uh, an inexpensive repair. So in that case, we might not uh, uh, spend our limited resources in trying to monitor the condition of these low-risk, low-value assets. At the opposite, you can have high-risk, high-value assets that uh, would deserve a lot of attention, maybe even continuous monitoring, uh, to try to um, to detect any deviation from their uh, normal condition and try to prevent failures and try to, to plan projects uh, before uh, the condition gets too bad. And finally, um, you sort of list the project prioritisation, um, health and safety being at the top, second priority being compliance and the third priority being efficiency to reduce life uh, cycle costs. But what was interesting was obviously within um, a given category, you're going to have to prioritise um, individual projects. And you came up with a, um, a value for money ratio for doing that. Just talk us through that. The value is really in the decisions we are making uh, with, with this data. And uh, condition and risk assessment is valuable to identify risks and opportunities uh, that need to be addressed. So in that case, we've identified something like close to um, 200 uh, actions and projects to address risks and and opportunities. Uh, And we had to come up with, um, with a process to make, to prioritize. We couldn't start all these projects at the same time. 
so as you said, uh, the first criteria was uh, the type of uh, the type of project. So we've divided the projects into three categories depending on their main purpose. The highest priorities were given to the health and safety risks uh, that were above tolerance. Uh, then we had the compliance, which is mainly water treatment, water quality, uh, risk of non-compliant discharge. And the third, the third uh, type of project was the efficiency project. So these were projects that uh, were meant to address um, issues that didn't present any risk to water treatment, to compliance or health and safety, but where we detected an opportunity to make savings, to reduce the totex, the, the life cycle cost of, of the asset. So this value for money ratio, uh, as, as uh, we discussed before, the, the ability to express the risk in dollar value uh, opens the door to be able to simply compare risks and costs uh, in, in the same equation. So this value for money ratio would look at uh, the project expected impact on the compliance risk expect, uh, expressed in, in dollars per year, plus the expected project impact on the totex of the asset, on the annualized uh, totex, also expressed in dollars uh, per year. So the sum of these two expected uh, impact would be then divided by the capex required to implement the project, and uh, that is the value for uh, for money ratio. Uh, that really gives you uh, a, a sense of how much value do you get for each dollar invested in in the project, and the value there is risk reduction and uh, efficiency. Uh, so that's what this indicative value for money ratio uh, gives us. Wonderful. That's a fascinating um, way to make sense of all that complexity and um, allow utility managers to really make um, optimal decisions, you know, about reliability, availability, compliance and cost. Thank you so much for taking us through the detail. Zubia H. Monsour is Suez Waters Asset Manager for Australia and New Zealand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.